Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Those were the words that my great-grandfather would tell my father every time he began to tell him a story or to teach him a lesson. And those are the words I choose to open episode three of the Strictly Outside the Lines show. I am your host, Baruch Dubrow, and I want to thank you so much for joining me and tuning in already for three episodes. I really appreciate it. If this is your first episode, then I highly encourage you to go back to the first two and uh, see what you can get from them. You know, the first time was kind of just an introduction as to who I am, what I do, and how I do it, and, and what the show was really going to be about. Last time we talked about the idea of identifying the lines that keep us going from point A to point B in a very much a linear path versus the more fun and exciting version um, as is found in Loki. <laughs> I don't know why I keep referencing that movie, only maybe because it was so profound. Actually, not a movie, a TV show, but it's probably because it was very profound in, in the way that it showed us how our simple action, one thing that we do, can completely change reality. You know, that's a lesson for life right there. We're going a little bit off topic, but that's okay. There's no script to this. Every time we make a decision, every time we make a move in one way or another, every action that we take has an effect. I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought that, no, I can do things without having any consequence. Now, obviously, hopefully we choose to make decisions that are going to bring about good consequences versus bad consequences. Then again, even those ones that we choose to make that could potentially lead to something not so good happening to us, well, even those have some good in them. And that's kind of what you know, living outside the lines is, is about. It's about this idea of living life in a way where things aren't as they seem. And we perceive them as being something different. You know, I think the uh, <laughs> step into the matrix. Um, I don't know if there's copyright issues on this or not, but I guess we'll find out sooner or later. Sooner or later. You know that that, but that really is what it is. It's 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 funny how Hollywood has picked up on this idea of things not being as they seem, and they keep kind of pounding this idea in in one way or another. Yet when we watch these things. We don't necessarily make that connection that maybe there really is something more outside, something different in life for us. You know, when we talk about, you know, living a life outside the lines. So we talked about last time how for most of us, life is this linear thing. It goes from point A to point B, point A where we are born, point B where we die. And then there's all the little mini infinite numbers of points in between that keep us going from one place to the next, to the next, to the next, so we can go from living to dying. Well, my theory, not my theory, it's not, it's not a theory at this point, it's, it's practice. What I've seen for myself and what I've seen for many other people is that you can step outside that line and you can do things differently. You don't have to do things the way that your family, your culture, your religion, your community, society tells us to do. We don't have to do things simply because 
this is how they're done. On the contrary, challenge that idea. And think more in terms of, what can I do? What am I meant to do? See, here's the thing, you know, whether you call it a purpose, whether you call it passion, whether you call it a mission, whatever term you decide to to use and to slap onto it, we all in one way or another feel like there's something that we are meant to do, one form or another. We all have this deep inner feeling, this, this, this voice inside our head, questioning what we do. And some of us ignore it. Some of us live with it. And others listen to that voice and question back. You know, I, I was speaking to a client today. We were talking about this idea of making a leap from one place to the next and how there's a lot of fear involved. And sure, we can throw the, the typical uh, acronyms for fear. It's either forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Those are both very nice sayings. But what I encourage this person to do was to listen to the fear, hear what it has to say, and challenge it. Oh, you can't make that jump to that career. Why not? Oh, uh, you're not qualified. Okay, can I get qualified? Do I really need to be qualified? You'd be surprised in today's day and age, you really don't need to be qualified for many things, and then the way you get your qualifications is, is through doing things. But listen to that voice, that voice of fear, and challenge it. Because here's the thing, anything that challenges us, it's challenging us so that we can grow from it, so that we can learn from it, so that we can become better people. For years, I thought I was not qualified to be a teacher, but I've been teaching for over 15 years. I don't have you know, any credentials. I don't have a license. I don't have a degree or any of that stuff. I have experience. Now, there's an advantage to having a license and a certificate. I don't think they give licenses for educators, but to have a certificate or to have a degree, sure, it gives you a certain amount of knowledge, but that's not any better than just having straight-up experience. And that's the thing, is just because if there's something that you want to do but you don't feel qualified to do it or you don't feel you can do it, question that. Challenge that. See, when I realized that I wasn't going to get out of teaching, as I mentioned previously, I swore off teaching. I swore I would never be a teacher. Well, I've been teaching for 15 years. Again, I prefer to refer to it as uh, educating. But when I got involved and when I started my career as an educator, I said, if I'm going to be an educator, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start from the bottom and I'm going to work my way all the way to the top to the point where I'm an administrator or a principal or whatever. And I wanted to do that specifically because I wanted to experience all those points in between. I wanted to know what it felt like to be a tutor, having to deal with a kid and the parents and the teacher. I wanted to know what it was like to be a paraprofessional in a classroom, dealing with one kid while having to juggle the therapists and the teacher and the principal and everything else. I wanted to have the experience of being an assistant teacher. I wanted that experience of being the lead teacher. I wanted to be an assistant principal to have that experience as well. Why? So that I could then better affect change within the school system, within a single school or within the school system at large. By getting that experience, it allows me to understand how a teacher thinks, how an assistant teacher thinks, how a student thinks. It allows me to see things from the perspective of others and not just from the perspective of my schooling. You know, I'm not... Here to bash, <laughs> I'm not here to bash principals or, or educators who've gone and gotten the degree. Again, I think it's important. It wasn't for me, but I think it's important. 
At the same time, just because you have the degree doesn't mean that that is the only way of doing things. Just because you don't have a degree doesn't mean that your way is the best way either. And that's applied to any career, any profession. There are certain things that you have to do because, well, that's how they're done because it's safe and sane. You know, you don't want to plug something electric into a socket that's underwater. Like, that's just stupid. (laughs) Don't do that, (laughs) obviously. But there's certain things, you know, I was listening to a podcast by a guy who used to be a an electrician, and he was talking about how he he mixed the wires. He put them in the wrong way. He didn't follow the blueprint, and because of that, the thing blew up. So obviously, there's certain things that you have to do. You have to do it in the right way. But when you have an opportunity, and when you have the ability where the, the right way isn't necessarily the only way, or the only way isn't necessarily the right way, that's when I encourage you to try to step outside the lines. Now, here's the thing. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Stepping outside the lines is not about doing things completely different for the sake of doing things completely differently. Stepping outside the lines is about getting you from point A to point B, but realizing that there's a much bigger picture of point C. And that is our purpose here on Earth. That is our responsibility to affect positive change on the world. So that is really what we're aiming for. We're not aiming for a life where we can go from point A to point B, where we can go from birth to death and be happy along the way. What we're aiming for is leaving an impact on this world, making change, doing something differently, leaving the world better off than when we came into it. One of the things I always tell my students whenever we go on a trip or whenever we go into a room, leave this place better off than when you got here, even if it means picking up somebody else's trash. Sometimes that's what we have to do. So, We have to acknowledge the fact that in order to get to that place of affecting change, having an impact, leaving a living legacy, you have to step outside the line. Because I'm going to throw a really bad statistic out there because it's totally false. Um, 75% of the population are not living a life of purpose and meaning. I would say 75% of the population are probably doing things because this is how we do it and they're doing it by rote. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that that is what we're meant to do. You have a purpose. Yes, you listening to this, you have a purpose, a mission that you are meant to fulfill, a mission you are meant to accomplish, that only you can accomplish it. And it requires you to step outside the lines. It requires you to do something a little different. General rule of thumb, and this is one of the principles that I live by, is that find what to run towards, not to want to, not to... (laughs) Okay, let's try that again. Find what to run towards, not what to run away from. What does this mean? Well, I'll give the example that I've given before. When I was living in Brooklyn with my wife and two kids, um, we were really grateful for everything that we had there. And we were, frankly, we were very comfortable and complacent. But we never really wanted to stay there long term. We'd been there five years. And we were told that if we didn't get out within five years and we'd be stuck there, well, we were committed that that wasn't going to happen to us. But we were always trying to run away from Brooklyn. We felt we were never going to make enough money there. The living was, you know, living was never going to be possible. Our kids weren't going to be able to grow up with a backyard. And all these things that came into our mind, we, we were just trying to run away from it. So we looked into various communities. We looked into New Haven, Connecticut. We looked into Valley in Pennsylvania. We looked into Philly, Pennsylvania. We looked into Houston, Texas. We looked into Los Angeles, California. We looked everywhere. And we went to a lot of these places to experience them, see what they're like. 
but we were always running away from the things that we couldn't have in New York for whatever reason. And then about four years into this, we sat down and we were like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. We're running away from things. That That's never going to get us to where we want to go. And so we made a commitment that we were still going to look for what to run towards. We were going to look for a place to move. But in the meantime, we were going to become happy with what we had. And we were going to build what we wanted there in Brooklyn. So we started building our community. We started building our friends, our network. We started pursuing the things that we were passionate about. And while we were doing this, we were looking for where to move. And so we once again looked into New Haven, Connecticut, and realized it wasn't for us. And we looked into Houston, Texas, and realized it was pretty much more for us, but for whatever reasons, we weren't able to move there. But an incredible thing happened. As soon as we switched our mindset from running away from something to running towards something, and that which we were running towards was based off of our values, our values as a couple, our values as a family, the things that we wanted to provide our kids with, we wanted them to have space to run around in. We wanted them to have a good school that would challenge them and and allow them to grow. We wanted to have a place where we weren't going to be so stressed for money. And here's the thing. We wanted to have a place where we were going to have to pay for our own stuff, our own rent, our own insurance, our health insurance, our car insurance. We wanted a place that was going to challenge us beyond what we were used to. And within a year and a half of switching that mindset from running away from something towards running towards something, we ended up making the big leap and moving to Dallas through a complete divine providence. Nobody nobody would have predicted that this would have happened. As a matter of fact, uh, five years ago, I swore I would never live in Dallas. Starting to see a theme here. Every time I swear I wasn't going to do something, it ends up happening. That's why to this day I still swear I'm not going to be a multimillionaire. So the point of what I'm saying really is that you have to find what you're running towards. The purpose of the line is to get you to a certain destination or outcome or result. But it's a guideline. So this line that we have from our religion, it's a guideline. You know, as a, as a practicing, observant Jewish individual, the Torah, you know, the Bible, is, it's our way of life. It tells us what we can and cannot do. It tells us how to live. But what I found is that people get so strict with it that they stop living. And so much so that they stop being, you know, really Jewish. I mean, you're Jewish by birth. You can't get away from that. but And it's not just with Judaism. It's with other religions as well. Anytime we're doing things because this is how we've done them and this is how they've always been done, it's going to lead to problems. You know, one of the things that really struck me was a number of years back, um, I met a gentleman who was, was, uh, was Muslim. And we would take weekly rides together. We, we would uh, go in the car to various conferences and, and, and various meetings and things like that. And we would travel together and we would have these great conversations about Judaism and Islam and how the two were so similar and in ways that they were different. And I'm thinking to myself, most people would look at this and say, what is going on? A Jewish guy and a Muslim guy in a car together sharing a good time and ha- having a good laugh and having deep, meaningful conversation? Well, yeah, that's because we were both able to step outside the lines. Society tells us that Muslims and Jews are supposed to hate each other. Well, I choose to look at it from the point of we both came from the same individual. We both came from Abraham. Just two different sons. So, and, and that's the thing, is the line will get you from point A to point B, but you have to take it, and you have to personalize it, and you have to customize it. Any religion will tell you this is how you connect to God. And there's validity in that. But at the same time, God tells us very directly how to connect with him. 
religions or culture or community or society will tell you this is how you love your spouse. Look at Hollywood. Hollywood is constantly telling us how to show love. And it's always these over-the-top exhibitions of love, playing a boombox and throwing pebbles out a window and all this other garbage. That's not love. You know, that, 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 that's silliness. Sure, you can do that. Just don't break the windows. You can do that. But what I found is, is love is something that we do for another. I love my wife when I do the dishes for her because <laughs> it's something I don't really want to do, but I know it means a lot to her. You know, going out of your way for somebody, that, that's, that's real love. So society, our culture, our community, they all tell us to do things in a certain way. But it's really for us to step outside those lines. And the way we do that is we see the bigger picture. You know, if the point of having a relationship with somebody, it's more than just the, the day in, the day out of what you do. It goes way beyond that. There's a purpose to it. It's to share an experience. You know, the way I view marriage is there's me and myself. There's my wife and herself. And then we come together in unity to live a life together. I still have to have my own life and she still has to have her own life. And then we have a life that we share together. And then we have a life that we share with our kids. You look around you and people are going to say either you don't do any of that or you have to always be doing things together. And it just doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, what it boils down to is think about it this way. Step outside that line, whatever it may be. Pursue that purpose, that thing that is calling you, whatever it may be. It has to be adding value to the world. It has to be adding value to your life, the lives of those around you. So let's look at a career. You're in a career. You like the career. You're successful. But the fact of the matter is you don't quite feel that being an accountant is your calling. You enjoy it. It's good work. It pays the bills. But you really have this feeling that there's something more that you can do. What does it look like to step outside the line? The line dictates that you stay in your job because that is what is safe. Well, you went to college for all those years. You got a degree and you became an accountant. You became a teacher. You went into real estate. Just because you're in real estate doesn't mean you need to stay in real estate. Any of these other professions, just because you started it, doesn't mean you have to stay in it. You are allowed to step outside the line, and I encourage you to step outside the line. Say, hey, wait a second. If I weren't an accountant, if I weren't an educator, if I weren't a lawyer or a doctor, if I weren't a counselor or a therapist, if I weren't any of these other number of jobs, what would I do differently? You know, one of the most profound questions I was ever asked Definitely wasn't, what do you want to do when you grow up? That's a question we're all asked. And that's a very bad question. Because it relegates us to doing one thing. Identifying as what we do. The real question that you should be asking yourself. And this is the question that my mentor asked me many, many years ago. How do you want to live your life? It completely changes the way we look at things. How I want to live my life? Well, I want to have a big house. I want to have a big property. I want to have space for my kids to run around. I want to have time where I can spend with my family. I want to be able to have people over. I want to host people. I want them to be able to come to our house and let it be a place that's like a retreat for them, a way outside of 
their regular life. I want it to be a place where they come and they get inspired to do something differently. I want to live a life where I'm giving back to my community, not just receiving from them. That's how I want to live my life. If I looked at what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a policeman. <laughs> Didn't most of us? <laughs> you know, either that or a fire truck. So when you look at the line, the line is getting you from point A to point B, and that's fine. But there's something that's pulling you outside the line. So step outside the line and ask yourself, what is it that I can accomplish? What is it that I'm being called to do? What impact can I have on this world? And here's the thing. Once you step outside that line, it's going to be very difficult to step back inside. Because it requires an immense amount of work, self-work, personal development, growth, challenging yourself. Challenging yourself to challenge your thoughts and the way you react to people. Now, let's be clear. The line always has to be in sight and always, always has to be referenced. It's our guidebook. But the application of those experiences we have is what's meant to be personalized. So to end off with some practical steps, I would really encourage you to start thinking about, we'll use the uh, same, we'll use the age-old example. If money were not an issue, what would you do? How would you live? I would ask you to consider how you want to live your life, not what you want to do. How do you want to live your life? And if you go back to that idea that we did, to that work that we did after episode one, of rating your life on a scale of one to ten in the areas of faith, finances, health, relationships, and you look back at those numbers, and you ask yourself, what would that look like if they were a ten? What do I need to do to get there? What do I need to do to live a life that is a ten on a scale of one to ten? You're, you're at a ten or beyond. What do you need to do to get there? What is the impact that you are meant to have on this world? So take a look at that. Think about it. And say, hey, what is one thing that I can do today to take me in that direction? You know, just to wrap up with a story. As I mentioned before, I never planned on being in education. And when I got into education, I said uh, I was either going to be the best darn educator out there or I was going to burn out. But if one thing... I was certain about it was that I would not allow myself to become like all the bad teachers that I had, that I would take myself out of the equation before I end up getting to that place. And so as the years have gone by, I've given it my all, and now it's time for me to step outside. Well, you look around, most teachers remain as teachers. I mean, now, of course, in the last two years, things have changed a lot, and you know, a lot more teachers are stepping out, which is amazing. I highly applaud that and encourage that not because I want there to be less teachers in the world, but because I want there to be more people who are living lives that are happier, more fulfilling. But when it came time for me to start looking at going beyond the teaching, I asked myself, how can I continue doing what I'm doing in a way that is very different than what I'm doing right now? And that's where the idea of coaching came in. The idea of pursuing this further. You know, I used to say that I teach students by day, and then I teach adults by af- in the evenings and afternoons all the things they didn't learn when they were students in school. I teach them about life. I encourage you to do the same thing. Look at what you're doing now. Look at the dots that have connected your path 
along the way. When I look back at it, I saw very clearly that if you're going along the definition that education is about character development and skill building and building confidence within, within individuals, which is exactly what I believe it to be, I can look back in my history, back to when I was in elementary school, seeing the, the after-school clubs that I created with my friends who were outcasts, kids that were bullied, kids that didn't fit in, to help them build their confidence, even though I myself had no confidence. I look at the fact that the schools that I've been a part of and the schools that I've helped run and, and, and build were schools that were meant and they focused more on a character development and, and the individual child's needs versus the academic needs. The school I teach at currently is very much like that. Heck, I quit a, a, I didn't quit, I quit a job. <laughs> I quit a job multiple times. But I, I left a job that was paying me decently. I took an $8,000 pay cut to go to a different school where they paid me the same they paid every other starting teacher despite the fact that I had 10 years of experience. And the reason why I did it was because it was going to give me the opportunity to learn a new skill within the world of education, to see something from a different perspective. So all along the way, I've seen this idea of coaching and education and growing, developing throughout my life. And that's how I know what my, my purpose is. And we'll, we'll talk more about this in a different episode of how to define purpose and how to find it. But I want to encourage you again to ask yourself that question. How do you want to live your life? If you could rate your life on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you be right now? What does a 10 look like? And what is one step that you can take to get there? With that, I thank you for joining me again for episode 3. And I look forward to seeing you in future episodes. Get out there and start living a life outside the lines. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.